It's time for Retirement Income Solutions. With the team at Security First Asset Management. If you're concerned about having the right financial plan, then this is the show for you. Your hosts are Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith. They're ready to listen to your questions, help you plan for the unexpected, and set you up to thrive in retirement. Here in Middle Georgia, they're the team to turn to for financial guidance so you can have more peace of mind. It's time for the show. This is Retirement Income Solutions. Listen, 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 plan, plan, thrive. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Retirement Income Solutions. I'm Mark Haywood with Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith. This is the show for you if you have questions about how to retire with confidence and with the kind of plan that gets you to and all the way through retirement. After all, we want you to thrive in retirement. Bill and Daniel are your financial coaches in Middle Georgia at Security First Asset Management. They have offices in Macon and in Dublin. On today's show, we'll be answering your questions about finances and retirement planning. You can always submit your questions online at completetheplan.com. That's completetheplan.com. All right. Your questions are on deck. It's time for Retirement Income Solutions. You're listening to Retirement Income Solutions. Listen, plan, and thrive with the team from Security First Asset Management. If you have questions about the day's show as we're taking your listener questions here out of the mailbag, you can reach out to the team at 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. All right, let's take another listener question here. This one comes to us from Diane. Diane's and Kathleen. And Diane says, I'm 55 and worried about the stability of Social Security think this is a question you guys probably get a lot. I just don't know if it'll be around for the rest of my lifetime. What do you think? You're probably amongst thousands of others asking the same question almost on a daily basis. Uh, I could be real quick with a response and say, look, you know, uh, what government employee uh, in Congress would ever not do something to keep Social Security in place and expect to be reelected? They've got the power of the pen up there and they can... uh, print money all day long to keep it going but the fact is that something has to be done at some point in time and over the next few years to make it more stable than it is now we typically tell folks your age is probably not a lot to be concerned with some younger folks may be concerned unless some changes are made personally i think it's going to be all right for you you're still seven years away from your minimum date to, to take it and a couple of changes could be made to social security if if our government officials would actually take the time to do something about it they could make it last a whole lot longer but then again it has to be sold to you know the population you know you and i who, who vote may not want to have a decrease in in our benefits and we may not want to have to pay more into the system but something has to be done i think by and large anybody that's at your age uh, probably will not uh, have too much of anything to worry about, maybe possibly a reduction in benefit, but certainly not a complete elimination of of, of the system itself. I don't think that will probably happen. All right. Our next question comes to us from Andy. Andy is in Dublin and Andy says, how much of my portfolio is it okay to have invested in just one stock? I have about $2 million, but almost half of it is invested in one company. Wow. Andy, that's uh, a great question. And my personal thoughts on this is that having half of your money, which would be a million dollars in this case in one stock, is is way too much. The reason for that is is simply because if you have all your money in one stock, you don't have the diversification to reduce the amount of volatility or risk in your portfolio. In general, a general rule of thumb is 5% or less per stock, and that way you spread the risk around. Even if you own a really high-quality company, a blue-chip stock, Having it all in just one doesn't give you the diversification you need to protect you, to protect your portfolio. So think about this. For many, many decades, uh, GE, General Electric, was thought of you know, as a blue chip stock. But here recently, in the last you know several years, their stock prices just plummeted. And so just because you own a high-quality stock and you just own one of them doesn't mean it will always be sustained like that. So having your your portfolio diversified, owning many different holdings, owning many different companies will help reduce that overall risk. And so it's important not only just to have it invested – 
in good asset classes and good diversification, but having it in, as part of an overall plan. What will this money be used for? Will you use it for retirement? Are you going to just pass this money on? And what determines how much risk you have in your portfolio should be your time horizon. How much time do you have before you need to start spending some of the money? You want to create an overall plan that lays all this out before you can decide what to invest in. Part of what we do is something called a risk analysis. We'll do something called a stress test where we can take your individual holdings and tell you how much downside risk you have in your portfolio. How far down may it go in a recession? And that is a wake-up call for many people. Right now we're 10 years into a very large bull market. So we forget how much it hurts to lose a lot of money, to see it go down on our statements. But the key driver should be when you need to spend it. We think it's important to understand how much risk you have and have it your holdings incorporated into an overall financial plan and an income plan. You're listening to Retirement Income Solutions. Listen, plan, and thrive with the team from Security First Asset Management. I'm here with Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith, and we're taking your listener questions. We're glad you're with us as well. This next question comes to us from Chris. Chris is in Bonaire, and Chris says, I'm 66 years old, my wife is only 47, and we have a daughter that's eight. What kind of retirement planning challenges do I need to be thinking about with our unique family situation? Well, Chris, this is interesting because recently I met with someone that had similar uh, scenario as yours. Instead of being 19 years difference in the husband and wife, it was something like 2021, as I recall. So I think the first thing that you probably need to understand, Chris, somewhat is that uh, I think you understand you have a problem or potentially a problem. You didn't say when you were actually going to retire, but let's assume you're going to retire here at, at 66. You now, uh, instead of ordinarily planning for 20 to, to 25 years worth of uh, income needs or planning in retirement, you're looking at somewhere around uh, 43 years if you're looking at your wife and getting her up to age 85 to 90. So you're talking about a plan that's uh, substantially longer than the average. Uh, the average is 20 to 25 you're looking at looking forward at somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 plus years of trying to retire, have retirement income. We also don't know, uh, Chris, whether or not your wife is working and whether she'll have a pension or not, or whether she can share from your pension if you have a pension. Some of those questions need to be addressed uh, because that's future income. You have a daughter that's eight that you got to provide for for a number of years and then her education. So, You've got challenges not only of longevity, but you've got challenges to deal with providing an education possibly for a child and um, living on an income for your wife long after you're gone. So it's a unique situation, but let me just assure you there are ways to understand that. We can walk you through the process of planning and we can take into account the difference between your wife's age and your age and also the needs of the daughter that you have through her growing up years and education years and on the rest of her life. So you basically need to take a look at it step by step and uncover everything that concerns you. Uh, you look ahead at some of the other risks maybe you haven't realized that can play into this as far as your care being 19 years younger. More than likely, she may have to care for you if you need extended care. And where is all those uh, funds coming from and the sources of income and, and what is that income going to be? And uh, uh, we can help you do that. We appreciate your call and it's a concern that uh, you need to address. Do you have a question like what we've covered today on our show? Don't be afraid to ask us about what's on your mind. There are no dumb questions when it comes to the financial game. After all, you have to learn a little in order to achieve the successful retirement that you'd like to have. If you want to ask a question about your particular situations, here's what we'll do. We're offering a complimentary financial review to you. When you come in, we'll talk about your retirement income needs, where that income is going to come from, and how you'll outpace inflation, pay as little as possible in taxes, and make sure that you don't outlive your money. We'll make it all easy to understand. Take the first step right now because for almost everybody, that's the hardest part. If you're ready to get your financial plan in place, give us a call right now. 
Well, do you still have a lot of questions revolving around your retirement plan? That's probably not a good thing. Get answers to those questions with our financial review. Just dial 800-987-1443. Give us a call. Again, that's 800-987-1443. We'll bring you into our office in Dublin or Macon and review your specific goals, needs, wants, and make sure you get a plan that can accomplish all those desires. But it all starts with a phone call, and that number is 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. If you get the voicemail, don't worry. A lot of people try to get through each week. Just leave a quick message, and we'll get back with you shortly to set up your complimentary review. Just call 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Hi, I'm a cleverly devised personification of Wall Street. I'm one wild roller coaster ride away from wreaking havoc on your investments. And I love to mess with your emotions. If you're not properly diversified, you can bet I'll keep you up all night thinking about me. If you want to keep me off your mind, you really need a trusted advisor who will look after your best interests. You also need a custom-designed financial plan that will protect you from market volatility. Otherwise, when I take a plunge, I'll send you scrambling through your filing cabinet, hoping you were well prepared. Don't wait for turmoil to hit. Get started today with your complimentary review at Security First Asset Management. 800-987-1443. No cost or obligation. 800-987-1443 at Security First Asset Management. Call now. 800-987-1443. 800-987-1443. Time for a Middle Georgia fun fact. Did you know Dublin is known to have the tallest building in Central Georgia? The Ficklin and Company building measure right at 211 feet. We know planning for retirement can be a tall order, but we have you covered. This is Retirement Income Solutions. Donna writes into us now. Donna is in Byron, and Donna says, I just got a prospectus for an investment that's been proposed to me. I can't imagine actually sitting and reading through it all, and I don't know that I'd understand much, even if I did. You know how big those things are, guys. Am I hurting myself if I don't slog through the whole thing? It's like reading a dictionary, right? Well, yeah, it was written by an attorney in a locked room down in the basement. <laughs> right, right. Have, who hasn't it, seen the light for weeks. You know, he won't see it for another five years, probably. Yeah, yeah, they didn't <laughs> go to school for, uh, you know, dramatic, infective writing, that's for sure. But I'll tell you what, Donna, you have a very common question. It's an important question because you do want to understand what you're investing in. You do want to understand the fees, the expenses, the risk. All of those things are outlined in the prospectus. Now, I will say, if you feel that the prospectus is too long and too large, they do have something called a summary prospectus, which is a kind of an overall summary that wraps it up a little bit neater than reading the whole prospectus and all the legal terms. So summary prospectus is normally going to be provided somewhere inside of the prospectus. You can skip to the summary prospectus. It kind of gives you the overviews of the fees and expenses and the risk and what they're going to be investing in, certain rules, how much turnover. Turnover means how often they will change investments inside of the mutual fund if it's a mutual fund you're investing in but a prospectus is also going to be provided to you for other other types of investments as well real estate funds will have that included business development companies closed-in funds all of which are required to provide you with a prospectus so it is important to understand what you're investing in now your advisor hopefully or whoever sold you the product you're in would have already outlined most of those key points But for your own protection, understanding what you're investing in, look for what's called the summary prospectus to kind of summarize it for you. And maybe it won't put you to sleep immediately. Maybe you can get through it. You can get through it. Not only only understanding what you're buying uh, or what's being proposed to you, as you indicated here, uh, Donna, is important. But uh, the why. Why are you being uh, proposed such an investment? And how does it work into your overall investment policy? And your overall investment needs, and and how is it uh, centered around a a future retirement planning need that you might have? 
Do you find that most people have a pretty good idea of what they're getting into just from that meeting with the advisor? Because like Don is kind of implying here, a lot of people don't read these. And I know especially with the big box companies, you just kind of know that there's two or three investments that everybody invests in. And so you dive in. Are most people well informed as to what they're getting into? Mm, I wouldn't say they're well informed. Uh, I think they may have understood maybe when it was presented to them, but it wasn't clear enough maybe to be able to recall it later. I'm not saying that advisors don't uh, do proper jobs of explaining things. I just think the material is so foreign for most people that they don't grasp it. And uh, that's why she's having a difficult time sitting down looking at that thing. So how in the world am I going to get through it? As Daniel indicated, a summary page is a good place to start. But that's also something the advisor probably should advise her on as well. Is, you know, here, here's the key points of it and um, so that they have a clear understanding when they actually do invest in it. They may soon forget that or not understand it in the future. That happens a lot. Yeah, I'd compare it to like, you know, going to a doctor and they'll give you the diagnosis and the breakdown, all the technical medical terms for what you may have. And it all sounds good. You're nodding your head. Oh, yeah, 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 that makes sense. But then a month goes by and there's no way you're going to be able to recall some of the technical terms they used, what could have caused the condition. You know, those things easily slip out of our minds because it's not something we're familiar with. So you could have had something very well explain to you put into an overall plan but it's easy to forget that's why we do written financial plans to help people be able to recall that and stay in touch with them and remind them sometimes about why things fit into their overall plan well donna thank you certainly for writing in we hope that uh, that answers your question and just highlights the importance of knowing what you're getting into and how having that overall plan can help you to accomplish that goal Uh, know what you're getting invested in work with an advisor who can properly educate you on the subject matter and on your retirement this is retirement income solutions listen plan and thrive with the team from security first asset management bill danner and daniel neesmith are here with me we're answering your questions from the mailbag always love hearing from our listeners in the area this next question comes to us from jerry jerry's and perry now, that is funny. You guys see the the rhyme there, of course. Yeah. Uh, I, I digress. But Jerry is in Perry, uh, and he says, I'm 65 and recently had a heart attack. I'm out of work for another week, but then should be back to a normal schedule. We're certainly glad to hear that. My wife seems concerned about my future health, but I still have no plans to retire anytime soon. Can you tell her that I'll be fine and it's normal for people to work past 65? Jerry, uh, I'm glad you're doing well. I've had the experiences in my family, not personally, but with heart attack, it's a very scary thing. But in most cases, people, if they get it uh, called early enough in their life, they can can live um, pretty happy and uh, and healthy moving forward. And I hope that's uh, your case. But it uh, seems like you want to work, and that's okay. Your question center around normal for people to work longer than 65. I think so, more so today than ever before. We find that folks who who really like their jobs really don't have any desire to leave it. They may leave the company they're at doing the same thing they've done forever, but they may find another employer to work for that they've always longed to work for or an industry they always longed to be a part of, and they keep working. And if their health is good enough, that's that's certainly not a bad thing to do. We need to be involved in something, and uh, being paid for being involved in something is certainly not a bad idea. We don't know, Jerry, anything about your retirement income planning needs, but uh, maybe uh, if you're working because you feel like you have to, then it's probably a a good indication that you probably need to sit down and talk with someone like ourselves and figure out exactly where you are and what you need to do to to be able to even retire sooner if that's your desire. But uh, working past 65 is certainly not anything out of the ordinary today. As a matter of fact, lots of folks work a lot longer than that, and I personally have friends uh, inside the industry that I'm in as well as outside that are still working in their mid-70s and later because they enjoy what they do, and, and that gives them satisfaction. So that's what's important, what's the best thing for you and for your family, and particularly for yourself and your health. But thanks for writing in to us today. I hope this has been beneficial for you. Yes, Jerry, thanks for writing in. Bill, Daniel, what do you do in the situation where, let's say Jerry had to retire because of his health issues, or let's say in another situation that maybe you've, you know, your company's downsizing or you're getting that pension buyout. What do you do if you're forced to retire earlier than maybe you'd initially thought? Well, that's, you know, especially depending on where you are, your age and what your financial retirement savings look like, that could be detrimental to a lot of folks. And 
that happens. It happens more frequently than we realize. And it's discouraging, I'm sure, to somebody that's on a retirement path. And then all of a sudden, whether it be health or downsizing, they find themselves on the outside looking in changes the complete complexity of their whole thought process about retirement and it may require that they still have to work. So that's why it's important, I believe, and uh, I think Daniel will agree with me that when you get into your 50s, you really need to start thinking about what your rest of your life looks like. Uh, how long will you work if you're able? How long do you need to work? What does the planning look like for you? Where are the income sources coming from when you decide to retire? In your 50s, that could happen to you today, downsizing, cutbacks, health issues. And that's why it's important to start sooner, not later. Have a plan in place that can help direct the rest of your life. And a lot of times when when we get to that point and we can see clearly that maybe we can retire sooner than we thought, maybe that's when we pull the trigger and retire and do something different. Whether We may not stop working, but we may stop working where we are. Yeah, it can be really detrimental and shocking to someone if they either have a health issue or if they're laid off earlier than when they're planning to retire. And for the person that has had a financial plan in place since they're in their 40s, an income plan, knowing the target they were getting to, they would probably be a lot better suited and have more peace of mind knowing, okay, well, what am I going to do? Because those types of contingencies are things we try to plan towards. If you started saving earlier, putting money away earlier, hopefully you're going to be in a little bit better shape. But uh, being laid off earlier than you expect is, is something we see sometimes. And it may mean having to work part-time job. Sometimes people have to take temporary distributions from their account to get by, and you want to do that properly. You want to make sure that you're not being overtaxed for the amount of withdrawals you're having to take. But thinking it through, staying calm, but having a plan in place sooner than later is the best way to work through that situation. It helps with the, um, the setback emotionally and, uh, and understanding exactly where you are. helps you direct what you should do next. So we advocate a good plan. The earlier, the better. Yeah, of course, part of planning should be, you know, if you, your income is at risk to be reduced because of a health issue, buying short-term or long-term disability if, if you're injured. There are ways to ensure against having all of your income being cut. So that's part of the planning process as well. Yeah, I guess the important thing to remember is that we have to find a way throughout our life, I mean, all phases and stages of our life, to protect our income. We've got to have a way to protect the income, whether it be loss of income using disability or protecting the income once we retire or get in retirement. We have to have plans in place that – give us a very high probability to having the income we need to fit our needs and our lifestyle. All right, we have a question that's coming to us from Howard. Howard is in Warner Robins, and Howard says, some people in the media say that I should invest primarily in mutual funds, and they say I can expect annual returns north of 10%. I don't even need a return that big at my age, but I'm intrigued by the idea of it. Where do I find these funds? Well, Howard, we hear about these types of things in the media all the time, what you should expect from the market, that type of thing, 10% or more. Unfortunately, when we look at where we're at in the market and where the forecasts are, 10% is higher than the, the target we use for most clients. You have to take excessive risk for most retirees to target a 10% rate of return, meaning there's a lot of uncertainty about whether or not that can be achieved and how much you may go down if your portfolio, if we have a bad year and you're trying to target a 10% rate of return. But I wouldn't plan, I wouldn't forecast out my future with a 10% rate of return at the core of my portfolio. You know, you can buy mutual funds everywhere. They're a very common way to invest. Some of invest in stocks exclusively. Others invest in stocks and bonds. Some invest in foreign markets. There's a lot of different flavors of them. But I will tell you, the most important thing is to understand what your personal rate of return needs to be for your plan to work. If you only need to make a 5% rate of return, you can probably do it with less risk than buying mutual funds that are targeted to 10. They're not going to make adjustments inside of a mutual fund if the market starts to, to go south. They have to stay invested. You know, Inside of the prospectus, it, it talks about how the funds have to be invested. So you don't want to invest in a fund that may have too much risk for you. You said you don't need a 10% rate of return. 
Well, you can probably achieve your goals taking less risk. Another thing about mutual funds, there may be less expensive ways to invest. We typically try to avoid investing in mutual funds because there's cheaper, less expensive alternatives. Exchange-traded funds typically are much less expensive, and individual stocks don't have uh, the same fees that are associated with mutual funds or exchange-traded funds. So it's important to understand all these different things. We appreciate your question, and we certainly are here to give you any guidance if you would like help putting together a plan and figuring out your personal rate of return and what it needs to be, your personal benchmark. Do you have a question like what we've covered on the show today? Don't be afraid to ask us about what's on your mind. There are no dumb questions when it comes to the financial game. After all, you have to learn a little in order to achieve that successful retirement we're all after. If you want to ask a question about your particular situation, here's what we'll do. We'd like to offer you the opportunity to come in for a complete financial review, and we'll offer this review for free if you have at least $100,000 saved for retirement. We'll cover the following. Social Security. At what age should you start taking that benefit, and how does it fit into your overall income picture? Risk. How much risk are you taking in your portfolio, and is that amount of risk appropriate for your age? Fees. How much are you paying in fees and commissions? Is it an appropriate amount? Taxes. We'll analyze the tax implications of your savings. Health care. Do you have plans to pay for health care or long-term care need in the future? Legacy. Do you want to leave money to future generations? We'll talk about how to properly structure your plan to achieve those kinds of dreams. And lastly, income. Do you have a plan to outpace inflation and to make sure you don't run out of money in retirement? This just scratches the surface of all the things we're going to cover in your complimentary review. If you're ready to get the ball rolling, call right now. We've got a spot reserved for you. Well, do you still have a lot of questions revolving around your retirement plan? That's probably not a good thing. Get answers to those questions with our financial review. Just dial 800-987-1443. Give us a call. Again, that's 800-987-1443. We'll bring you into our office in Dublin or Macon and review your specific goals, needs, wants, and make sure you get a plan that can accomplish all those desires. But it all starts with a phone call, and that number is 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. If you get the voicemail, don't worry. A lot of people try to get through each week. Just leave a quick message, and we'll get back with you shortly to set up your complimentary review, just call 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Getting the right retirement plan is important. Make sure that the person designing your plan abides by the three C's. Your plan should be comprehensive and that it leaves no stone unturned. Every angle of the retirement world should be considered, from estate planning to tax planning and risk versus safety. All of it is important to consider. Your plan should also be customized. Cookie cutter plans are a no-no. Your plan should be unique to your situation and any true financial analysis will reflect that. Finally, an advisor should put a plan together for you that is complimentary, at no cost or obligation to you. It should be a fact-finding mission, not a sales pitch out of the gate. So remember the three C's, comprehensive, customized, and complimentary. If you're struggling to find that kind of plan, call Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith with the Security First Asset Management Team here in Middle Georgia. Dial 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Visit our website for details on the services we provide, education videos, our great learning center, and to find out about upcoming events. It's all on completetheplan.com. That's completetheplan.com. This is Retirement Income Solutions with Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith of Security First Asset Management, serving you here in Middle Georgia. We're taking your email questions from the mailbag on this hour of the show. We love hearing from you. We've got a question that comes into us from Martha. Martha's in Macon, and Martha says, My aunt died recently and left her house and some cash to me. I've never had a desire to buy rental property before, but I'm considering keeping the house as a rental property now that this opportunity has just kind of fallen in my lap. Is that wise or would I be better off to sell it and invest the proceeds? Well, thanks, Martha. Uh, thanks for taking the time to, to write us about your question and concerns. 
having owned myself rental property in the past, I, I can tell you what to expect, and and then you can decide whether that's a path you want to go down. You have to remember that uh, you're now responsible, and more and more than likely, the maintenance and the upkeep of the home. You're also going to be responsible for screening who you who you rent to and then monitoring that and also collecting the rents and making sure that the taxes and insurance is paid and that uh, any of the repairs are done on a timely manner. So you basically just got into the uh, rental business and you are the workhorse to make the thing work. Now, with that said, if that's something you don't mind doing or if you feel like you can hire that out and still make it profitable, then maybe it's not a bad idea to proceed with that. But there's nothing wrong with owning rental property. You just have to understand what the job is and be determined and decide whether or not that's exactly what you want to do. You may have opportunity in renting it and making a good profit off of it. By the same token, you might be able to, to flip it or sell it and, and generate uh, some good proceeds for your investment moving forward. So it comes down to a business. That's, that's what it is. You're now in a business. If that's what you want and you have no issues with it, then move forward. If not, then take the cash and uh, find a suitable investment for it. And also, it would be good to understand what this, how this piece of rental property fits into your overall retirement plan. What kind of income could you generate from it if it was going to be a part or a source of an income in your plan? Or how could you invest the money if you sold the property to enhance your retirement income down the road? So we'd be love to help you to understand why you should or you shouldn't. Hopefully it's your, your desire and your determination to do what you feel is in your best interest. But somehow, if you understood exactly how this property could fit in an overall investment retirement income plan then I think you'd probably be able to make that decision even even easier. It's certainly true, and we thank you for writing in, Martha. I think I've heard Bill and Daniel as well. It's kind of like uh, one of Newton's laws of motion. You'll wonder where I'm going with the physics lesson here, but what is it they say? Objects in motion stay in motion. Objects at rest stay at rest unless entered upon yep. about an outside object. And I think that what I'm getting at with that is that I've heard that if you're retired and you've been in the rental property game and it's something you've been doing and you're used to it, keep doing it. Having said that, if you're retired or about to retire and you're taking it on as a new project, you kind of need to think twice before jumping into this completely new business, really. That's what it is. It's a new business. And you need to think before jumping into it. If you're not cut out to screening people and haggling and bothering people because they don't pay their rent on time, bother them, I guess is not the word I want to say, but having to follow up with them constantly if they're not diligent in paying their rents. If you can find the ideal renter, the one that doesn't mind cleaning up and, and taking care of small repairs and his rent check is there the first of the month every month and you don't hear from him and is everything's on cruise control, well, you know, that's not a bad deal. But uh, that's typically not the case. Uh, you're going to have issues. Uh, some of those issues take place on the weekend. Oh, I walked in the bathroom and it's flooded. The toilet's running over. Well, you know, somebody's going to have to get up and get done and can take care of that. So if you don't want to do that, then you shouldn't be in the rental business. Floyd writes into us now from Forsyth. Floyd says, I've heard a guy advertising that he specializes in retirement planning for people who have at least a million dollars saved. I fall into that category, but I'm not sure if he actually has a specialty or if he just wants people with more money. Is there a specialty like that that really exists? Well, Floyd, you know, this is a common question. We all see advertisements for people. If you have $500,000, give us a call, that kind of thing. You know, people in general, these types of advisors, they are trying to attract larger accounts. They may not necessarily have any expertise in high net worth financial planning. If they don't do trust or estate planning, if they don't help people or put you in contact and sit there with you when you're formulating an overall comprehensive financial plan that deals with trust and estate planning, they probably are just trying to attract more assets. The asset allocation and how much income you're going to take from your portfolio, none of that would really change at that income level. But we don't have minimums like that for our clients simply because we want to be able to help everyone and we want to make sure that we can create a financial plan that's going to fit your particular needs but my guess would be that they're just trying to attract larger assets but i'm sure that it's possible they have some kind of specialty in in that type of financial plan at least have staff members that may be part of their planning team that would do the state planning and the tax planning and things of that nature that could be we don't know that but a lot of times, they, 
They're just trying to attract a, a higher net worth client. Yeah. I mean, certain things could change if, if we get into the millions of dollars in portfolio planning. You know, trust, estate planning, tax situation may be different. But unless they're advertising that, they probably are just trying to have a certain amount of portfolio level that you may have in your portfolio before they'll take you on as a client. Rhonda writes into us from Kathleen with her question. She says, I need about $5,000 to live on each month in retirement and my social security and pension will total about $5,300. Does this mean I'll be able to leave my entire 401k behind to my son? So a couple of things there, income planning, legacy planning, a lot of different elements to Rhonda's question. There it is, and there's some things that we haven't, we need to address, haven't addressed. Is the five thousand net? I'm assuming it's net. We don't know that for sure. Is it fifty three hundred net of taxes from our income as well? And no, uh, Rhonda, you you will never be able to leave all of your four hundred one k to your son because you've got to take what's called required minimum distributions, and then you take that money and put it aside for him if you want, but. You're a classic example of, of, of a person that needs to see the numbers because over time you're going to have to address taxes and inflation and, and you indicate you need 5000 now. If your pension is not adjusted for inflation, Social Security is somewhat, but normally it lags behind real inflation, which means over time that 5000 you need will be more, substantially more over 10 to 15 to 20 years, which uh, will probably mean if you're not having cost of living adjustments to your pension and not substantial enough adjustments in your social security benefit that you will have to dip into your 401k and create uh, withdrawals uh, systematic withdrawals that meet your income needs so what we're addressing here is what we do we do retirement income planning where we can see those things that will create the need for more income not less income based on taxes and inflation moving forward so you've got a great cushion there Rhonda especially if you only need five and you're bringing on 5300 that's a great cushion to start with but you need to address the other things about longevity and taxes and inflation to be able to see it clearly exactly what this looks like not today but what it looks like 5 10 15 20 years down the road and you'll see that you'll probably have to start using some of your monies but you're in a better shape than a lot of folks. At least you start down the path with having income streams that are predictable and reliable and sustainable from Social Security and pensions that, that meet most of your needs. Therefore, you don't need to take as much risk with your retirement income planning as far as your 401k is concerned. But you need to know how it's going to have to be used over time. And it will have to, uh, especially if you live 25 or 30 years in retirement. And let's say, too, Rhonda, that you're in good shape financially especially from an income perspective. Guys, can you speak to the legacy planning portion of that? I know folks have different ways of thinking about whether to leave a legacy and even how to do so. Yeah, I would say with in your particular situation, Rhonda, if your 401k is what you're going to leave to your son, you may want to consider if you're ever going to be in an income tax bracket to do small Roth conversions, even if it's just a few thousand dollars a year. Because if you can take some of the money out of the 401k and convert it to a Roth IRA, he would get the money without having to pay income tax on it. Instead of inheriting the 401k, he will have to continue to take the required minimum distributions and it would be taxable under that situation. So it's not an ideal asset to leave is taxable money and inside of tax deferred money to an heir, but you know, certainly it's something that has happened. Yeah, and also the size of the 401k is important too. If we're, if we're looking ahead and you don't need a, you know, more than three or 4% of it a year to supplement your income, over time the required minimum distributions on a sizable 401k will be a great deal more money than you need which creates taxes and could create overall taxes uh, greater than what you're presently experiencing. And by doing uh, some real systematic planning here with the withdrawals and conversions, you might be able to, over time, uh, get a lot of money out of the 401k taxable arena into the uh, Roth IRA arena that, uh, again, will slow down your required minimum distributions but allow your, uh, your son to have tax-free assets and legacy planning. 
Well, thanks again for writing in. I think that just highlights the importance of having a comprehensive retirement plan in place. As part of that, an income plan that'll show you exactly what you need to live on in retirement. And then if you are able to leave a legacy, a legacy planning portion of that overall plan, a strategy for how you're going to pass on your wealth from one generation to the next. Thanks again for writing in. Do you have a question like what we've covered today on our show? Don't be afraid to ask us about what's on your mind. There are no dumb questions when it comes to the financial game. After all, you have to learn a little in order to achieve the successful retirement that you'd like to have. If you want to ask a question about your particular situations, here's what we'll do. Give us a call right now, and we'll set aside time on the calendar to meet with you for a free consultation for your financial situation. We'll determine how prepared you are to handle retirement pitfalls like inflation, health emergencies, stock market volatility, and taxation. You've worked hard for your money. So we'll work just as hard to help you protect and grow it. Let's put together a fact-based approach to answer your financial challenges and achieve your objectives. Give us a call and we'll work together to get you on track to financial security and independence. Well, do you still have a lot of questions revolving around your retirement plan? That's probably not a good thing. Get answers to those questions with our financial review. Just dial 800-987-1443. Give us a call. Again, that's 800-987-1443. We'll bring you into our office in Dublin or Macon and review your specific goals, needs, wants, and make sure you get a plan that can accomplish all those desires. But it all starts with a phone call, and that number is 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. If you get the voicemail, don't worry. A lot of people try to get through each week. Just leave a quick message, and we'll get back with you shortly to set up your complimentary review. Just call 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Bill Danner isn't just one of your great hosts here on Retirement Income Solutions. He's also the president and CEO of Security First Asset Management. As an independent investment advisor representative, he has numerous years of experience helping people just like you in Middle Georgia create sound, conservative retirement plans. His main mission is to keep his clients thriving through their retirement years. To sit down with Bill and his team and talk about how they might be able to help you, call 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Many retirees from some of the area's biggest companies turn to Bill to help guide them through retirement. And he can help guide you too. Just call 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Time for a Middle Georgia fun fact. Did you know that the Allman Brothers Band, Jason Aldean, and Little Richard have all called Macon home? Keep listening to Retirement Income Solutions and build a financial plan that'll make you sing. Well, we are taking your listener questions here on Retirement Income Solutions with Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith of Security First Asset Management. We got another great question that comes to us here from Martin. Martin is in Perry and he says, we have the opportunity to refinance our house at a lower interest rate, but the problem is that it would be a 15-year mortgage and we only have five years left to pay now. We're 60 years old and the idea of still having a house payment until we're 75 Seems like a bad idea. What do you think? Well, I appreciate the question, Martin. It, I tell you, for most of our clients, they feel better about having a, no mortgage at retirement, but a shorter one certainly is better than having a 30-year mortgage when you first retire. A lot of it depends on the reliability of your income strings. We believe in having a predictable, reliable, inflation-adjusted income stream for your clients in retirement, if at all possible. So if, if that's something that you have, you'll probably be more confident in having a mortgage in retirement than not. But I'll tell you what, you're probably going to want to think through all the different things about the interest rate that you're paying, a couple of other variables that we don't know about. Uh, but you've only got you've only got five years left to pay, so I think you're probably in good shape. Refinancing your house at a lower rate, it depends on how much you would save by doing so. You want to be careful with closing costs, other fees associated with that. But, you know, we appreciate the question. If And if there's anything else we can do for you, please let us know. Yeah, Martin, I'll just chime in for a moment to help answer a little bit. If you've got five years left on the mortgage, you, you're down to paying principal a lot more than your interest. So you got to weigh that in, too. You're probably down to paying little or no interest anyway. 
So accelerate getting that paid off, and uh, my opinion would be that uh, that's far better than trying to refinance right now. We've got a question that comes in to us from Teresa in Dublin. Teresa says, what's your opinion of flipping houses as an investment strategy? Yes, Teresa, I know we've seen a lot of that lately on HGTV, if you're into that like I am. <laughs> yeah, Teresa, everybody that uh, that watches things like that think they can make that happen in their own life, and some of them can, some of them can't. Uh, Market conditions are different for real estate all over the country. So don't know much about what the market conditions are for flipping houses here in middle of Georgia, but it's a business. So you're going to tie up cash and uh, and hopefully uh, you'll be able to tie that cash up and wait till you can flip it and uh, get the money back. But uh, it's not a bad investment strategy. It, it might not work uh, in this area as well as it would be somewhere else. And certainly it would uh, be... Uh, most important for you to consider your other investment monies and how you're investing them and and what kind of risk you're taking with them and how, how this particular strategy would fit into your overall investment strategy before you would throw a, a majority of your eggs in one basket. And I'm not saying that's what you intend to do, but you certainly want to make sure you're not ex- overextending yourself uh, with your cash and your investments in, in regards to the risk you may be taking. Certainly could be a good investment. But there's a lot of variables you need to consider, not just uh, drink the Kool-Aid, so to speak, from the TV shows, because they make it look simple, don't they? They don't, they don't tell us any of the bad stories, though, Dan. You'll not, you never hear any about the bad stories. No, they, they keep that off the air. They keep yeah. that off the air. They always tell you the success stories. They don't tell you the grind, the, the one that's sitting over there that's eating eating them up like an alligator because they, they can't get the cash out of it. So it would be something you would, I would think you would have to know the market really well understand exactly what the real estate market is for the price point that you're trying to invest in and and how much you can really realize realistically on a quick sell. Yeah, a lot of it seems to be timing too, you know, if you wait till the tail end of a big run up in the real estate market, you might be hung out dry holding properties that may not move whenever the economy takes a turn if we move into a recession, so you have to be real smart about that as well. Not only that, the tax implications. That's another thing that they don't tell you about on TV is that if you hold a piece of real estate for short term and flip it less than a year, then it's all your gains are taxes or near income. You don't have no long-term capital gains. So there's a lot to think about. The taxes will eat into your profit. So, you know, if you, you want further advice about it, give us a call and let us help you understand how it might fit into your overall investment strategy, and we, we'd be happy to help you with that. Teresa, thanks for writing in. Happy house flipping if you decide to go that route. And, of course, if you have more specific questions, like Bill said, don't hesitate to give the guys a call, reach out, and get some more specific advice. There is a lot that goes into the real estate game complicated game to play but it can pay off there's just a lot that goes into it so make sure you are ready for it you are listening to retirement income solutions listen plan and thrive with bill danner and daniel neesmith your local wealth advisors with security first asset management serving you in middle georgia you can find them online at completetheplan.com that's completetheplan.com and we're taking your questions always love to hear from you you can submit a question there online by the way this question comes to us from billy Billy is in Macon, and Billy says, I have a variable annuity that seems to have a nice income guarantee associated with it, but I've heard several people say that variable annuities are usually a bad deal. What am I missing? Billy, you have a very common question. This is a very interesting topic that people run into. You know, when you own a variable annuity, you have to understand how the mechanics of it work. In general, there are fees associated with variable annuities, depending on what all the options you have on yours are. We have to take a look and see if you have uh, guaranteed death benefit that you're paying for as well, uh, your income guarantee. It, it can be very good depending on when you bought it. I have some clients that purchased variable annuities back in the early 2000s and the late 90s, and they have a very good income guarantee with theirs that can't be duplicated if you were to buy one today. So your fees that are you're paying in it probably are high, but you want to take a look and see what your income payout rate would be. They sometimes are a bad deal, but it just depends on the purpose for it. You know, when you purchased it, what are all the fees associated with it? There's sub-account fees for the funds that are inside of the variable annuity. Your income needs another important thing. Sometimes people will buy a variable annuity and they'll have a big income guarantee, but not the need to have the income because it's not the same as your principal. This income account value is kind of like a phantom account. 
These things can be very complicated. Some of the terminology aren't what you may be familiar with. So we need to really take a look at it and understand the mechanics of the particular one you have. They come in many different flavors and varieties. So if you need income in retirement and it looks like you have a good income guarantee, it can be a a good way to give you guaranteed income for the rest of your life. And that's the best thing about any type of income guaranteed product is that you can't outlive the income stream. They will pay you an income forever once you turn on that income benefit rider. So appreciate the question, Billy. And that's a difficult topic sometimes to understand how all of that works. We're happy to sit down with you and walk you through it. Yes, we always have a lot of questions surrounding annuities. Glad to be able to dive into some of the details there. And Billy, like Daniel said, don't hesitate to reach out to the team and ask a lot of nitty-gritty follow-up detailed questions and get an answer on that that hopefully will really help to answer your question in the first place. All right, we've got a question that comes to us from Charles. Charles is in Kathleen. And Charles says, I've been very blessed, and I probably have more money and investments than I'll need during my life. Should I start giving money away to my kids and grandkids now so that they don't have to worry as much about estate taxes and probate costs? I know that's another popular type of question that we get here on the show. Yeah, Charles, uh, congratulations on your success and um, being able to save and put money away for your retirement. That's always, I'm sure, covering and then also uh, very secure when you know and have that type of uh, planning already in place. Uh, you didn't indicate exactly, you know, what your sources of income are and what your needs might be. You just indicated somewhat in your question that you thought you had enough to take care of the rest of your life, and that's good. I think before you would start doing uh, any type of uh, gifting to your children uh, and grandchildren that you probably ought to have, if you don't already have so, an income plan in place that actually will help you understand exactly what your income needs going to be over your lifetime so that you don't start giving away monies uh, prematurely. It may well be that, that you've got that all set up already and you're ready to start giving money away. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people enjoy seeing their family utilize the resources that they're able to give to them in their lifetime instead of gifting it at their very at their death and they never know what happens with the money so there's ways to do that you have to you have to follow the uh, the gifting tax laws uh, the amounts that can be given away on an annual basis that does reduce your overall state uh, exemptions but uh, it's not complicated it's uh, pretty well written in law to understand exactly what you, what you can do that, to eliminate any gift taxes for yourself and any taxes at all for your heirs. We're not talking about, uh, obviously, IRA accounts that you cannot gift or give away in your lifetime. If you're talking about other monies that are retail-type accounts and non-qualified accounts, then you can. If you wanted to set up the accounts for your grandkids for education, there's ways to gift into that. Uh, and things like a 529 plan or a Coverdale IRA for education. Uh, there's UGMA accounts that can be set up that you could gift money into that uh, become the, the children or the, the recipients at age 21 in the state of Georgia at uh, age of maturity. So there's some uh, strategies you can utilize to give the money away, and you can control some of it by how you do some planning, or you can set up trust and do it. So there's a lot of things you can do to help uh, facilitate the transfer of your assets. But first and foremost, I think it would be important for you to realize that you've set aside enough monies for your lifetime and your lifetime needs. And I don't omit to think about uh, what you might have to plan for if you need uh, extended care, if you ended up where you need uh, any type of uh, nursing home care or home health care because of an illness or a chronic disease that, that you might incur later in life. So make sure you have all your bases covered first and uh, that you have a, a clear view and understanding of what your assets are and what they look like over time before you start gifting a lot of it away. And then if you've got that in place and then put in place structures and plans to to be able to gift and give to your your family and create a legacy for them. Thanks, Charles, for writing in. I know that's cool to be in a position where you have that option to leave a legacy to your kids and grandkids. Good luck as you sort through some of the details there. Well, as always, we've really enjoyed answering your questions today on Retirement Income Solutions. Just a reminder that Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith are your financial coaches in Middle Georgia at Security First Asset Management. Remember, if you have questions about retirement, we're happy to answer them, and we're standing by after the show throughout the week. Just give us a call at 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. 
And we're always online at completetheplan.com. That's completetheplan.com. Well, thanks for listening to another edition of Retirement Income Solutions. Tune in again next week for another great show. Securities and advisory services offered through Madison Avenue Securities are registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Security First and Madison Avenue Securities are not affiliated entities.